0: What's going on, y'all? It's the OTL Podcast, back in the building. And as always, we want to start out by thanking our sponsors. First, I want to thank Tangelo. With nearly 10 years of experience and hundreds of five-star reviews, Tangelo Health is the number one place to go for anyone suffering from an injury and looking for the best team to help them get out of pain and off the leash. From plantar fasciitis to headaches to back, knees, shoulders, elbows, neck pain, whew, Always so much pain. Tangelo has been Seattle's trusted expert since 2010 with their innovative, integrated approach to care, uplifting experiences and award-winning culture. Tangelo will be on your team. Find out about their Seattle and Portland locations at tangelohealth.com. And don't forget to let them know that off the leash sent you. Next, we have our coastline coastline design, Mr. Joshua Gray since July 15, 2020. We all know a guy. You need your car fixed. I know a guy. You need your haircut know a guy well if you need a new logo or design for your business we know a guy joshua coastline designs is a great place for anyone who is wanting to start a business or create signs for their existing business If you want to create a new brand update your look for existing business let's get it done 24-hour advertisement if you need your car wrapped mr joshua will take care of you he has done all of our artwork for off the leash as well as working with the ymca walton beverage pepsi phillips The list goes on and on. You can find him at 360-389-7929. And last but not least, Transfuse, our new team that we have met up with. Transfuse is a premium rapid hydration multiplier and immunity fortifying formula scientifically designed to replenish and reinvigorate at the cellular level. Made with carefully selected natural ingredients, for a superior quality and potency, transfuse was developed for both the immediate impact to combat dehydration and mental exhaustion due to extreme activity and long-term immune system support therapy. Our guest today, my God, was born and raised in Redmond, Washington. He began training at Shotokan Karate at six years old. He earned his black belt by 12 years old. Oh my God. He played baseball as a left-handed pitcher growing up and played D1 at Washington State University before signing a professional contract in the Independent League. Pitched for six years in 2003. He began teaching karate at youth and adult levels during the baseball off-season. His passion for teaching and educating and developing students contagious, energetic, and genuine. He is an international karate competitor and senior instructor at Washington Shotokan Association. He speaks passionately. The physical, mental, and spiritual benefits of martial arts and karate are for everyone, and he cares deeply about having the mental and emotional balance, being present, and having awareness at one's breath have helped him overcome some of life's greatest hurdles. Please welcome to our show, the dope and dynamic, Sean Doggy Dolan. Wow. Wow, what an intro. You can hire me. Wow, that was great. I love the energy. Every time you walk (laughs) in the room, I got shoes.
1: I appreciate it. That's nice.
0: Deserves a, just a round of applause just to start us off. <laughs> What's going on, man?
1: Hey, not much, man. Thanks for making the trip down. This is, uh, I, I said this when I was talking to Colin. I said, you know, this is pretty special, you know. I mean, not every day someone wants to talk with you, and you get to share kind of what your passions are and and um, and, and, and some of the hurdles that people, myself included, have have overcome to get where you want to go. So I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Totally. No, it's, yeah. it's a blessing, and just looking through, uh, some of the stuff that you sent me, just to I just want to dive into your world a little bit. Yeah, uh, it's just it's just cool to to see what other people have have done, gone through the lessons they've learned, the stories that they 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 get to tell. And uh, I knew that you know when I reached out, people always do their their research. Like call uh, our boy up and it's like, hey, what about this Jeremy guy? Should I help on this podcast or no? So, I'm, so so I'm glad that we're I'm glad that we're here, uh, birds with feather flock together, and, and exactly. your name that popped up with people that I I trust and uh, I look up to with a lot of respect. So I'm glad we get to sit down and do this. Yeah, this is great. So let's dive into it. Uh, started with your martial arts at age six. Yeah. So you just came out the womb, just kicking and screaming. You,
1: you know, I joke You took the words right out of my mouth. I literally, that's <laughs> literally what I say I as kind of an icebreaker. You know, so I'm like, oh. Why were you, like, in trouble a lot as a kid? No, I was just, like, kicking and screaming, coming out the (laughs) womb, like, punching and stuff. And uh, my folks, um, they knew somebody, right, so who knew this place, Washington Shotokan Association. And so they did some research. And the gentleman who started, founded this dojo, Mm -hmm. uh, Andre Dulce, Uh, uh, we can dive into him later, but he's born and raised in Hawaii, and he came here and he started watching Shotokan. And so they thought, oh, wow, well, you know, another Hawaiian type of personality. I think we can make this work. So mm. lived in Redmond, Washington, but my folks would commute here every day. Almost. I'd come train here at least three days a week. Wow. And then um, so that's, that's how we found this place. Yeah. So for the listeners out there, I guess we're at Washington Shotokan Association. Um, and it's a Shotokan Karate Dojo. What,
0: what is Shotokan? Is that a name? Is that a place?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So Shotokan is the style of karate um, that we do. So taking a step back, so um, a long time ago in Okinawa, um, there was many martial arts, um, and without going into too much detail, Shotokan Karate originated out of Okinawa, um, a gentleman by the name of Gishin Funakoshi. Um popularized Shotokan when he went to Japan he wanted to basically spread the word about this style of martial arts and he popularized it by adding it into um, uh, elementary schools curriculum now the challenge was there was already judo involved in in the school curriculum so without trying to um, I, I guess compete with the judo side of things he said uh, Gishin Funakoshi and the gentleman who had the judo programs in the schools said, mm-hmm. okay, we can make this work, but you're going to have to take out all the throws and all the grappling moves that are, are based in Shotokan Karate. He said, okay, no problem. We can do that because obviously judo is very much throwing. Mm-hmm. So he did that, got into the schools as really as a exercise and, and, and physical and mental development art, not so much as a MMA style, kind of what you see today, but it was really just to develop the mental side of of a person of an individual and that's how it came from Okinawa to Japan and then from Japan it it literally went global wow yeah so that's that's, that's the very high level overview yeah. yeah so
0: so obviously your parents must have had a a value for martial arts in order to get you in so young cuz i know i mean i i would guess I will, i'll say that this whole time you could just expect that i know nothing uh and I would guess that a lot of parents are kind of cautious about putting their kids in, you know, karate or martial right. arts at a, at a young age. So obviously your yeah. parents probably had some knowledge that takes away that fear yeah. um, and they see the the value of it. I know a lot of our listeners are into sports. so They know the discipline and all the lessons that you learn through sports. Right. So what was your like parents' background in, in martial arts that kind of gave them the, the green light for you?
1: Yeah, you know, we were my parents were kind of paving the road. So, um, I was the oldest of three and they really had no education in martial arts. Um, they, their background, um, their educational background was in education. So they understood the value of learning, the value of mental development, mental discipline. And obviously it's, it's kind of widely known a little bit that martial arts, um, there's benefits within martial arts that, you know, give kids discipline and, and that kind of that mental, emotional balance, but really they had no, they had no, uh, background or mm. understanding. So it was just like, we're going to try this and see kind of what happens.
0: <laughs> yeah. Guinea pig. Number one, Gu- Guinea pig. Number one. I yeah. like That's, it. Yeah. So obviously you went from in six years, you went from scratch to black belt. Yes. So you're just outright savage. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so how did you how did that progress so quickly? I mean, obviously, you had to put in ridiculous amount of work, right, in order to make that make that happen. So, yeah. what was the what was the driving force behind you know that work ethic that ha- obviously had to be built from very young age?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I think it's a little bit innately in, in me. In you know, and I think everyone has that competitiveness within them. Um, but my, this was something that aligned the mental focus and just that singularity Mm. that I kind of had just innately. Um, but this harnessed it. So coming to the dojo, um, doing the movements, but then learning the, learning the movements too, and having that as a kind of a stepping stone to that next belt level. So, the belt system is a helpful way to just keep yourself on track. Yeah, um, And then the gentleman, Andre Dolce, he's the, ma- I mean, he, he's the master. It, it, when you want to talk about somebody who can teach and somebody to, who knows how to develop students, not from a cookie-cutter standpoint, but from a, I know this student needs this, and mm. I know this student needs this, but what they need might be different from this student. It's a rare he, gift. And he knew everybody's name. Mm. He knew everybody's name. And he, and he taught with charisma, and he taught with compassion and, and passion. And so I think a lot of those components combined, just the ability to move, punch, kick, express myself as best as I could as a 6-12-year-old, through 12 year old, and then to have him as a, as a mentor and as a leader and as a, someone to look up to, mm. teacher, um, it was like the perfect storm. Wow. It was the perfect storm. So, I'm blessed that we found this place and I'm blessed that he was my sensei. He was, you know, and he still is. So, he's he's an advisor for us. There's a board of directors now. He retired, and so there's seven of us who are guiding guiding this dojo. Um and really we want to do it in his name and just make sure that we're continuing to progress the yeah. development of martial arts cuz 40 years, I mean, this place has been here for 40 Forty-five years, actually.
0: Wow. Yeah, it's a lot yeah. of people.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of people. So it's you know, don't screw up. Right. <laughs> right exactly. <laughs> it's
0: like it's a fine-tuned machine. Now yeah. you, all you have to do is don't screw it up. Yeah. Exactly. No, I think that's I think that's so huge, and you know, I think uh something that I I'm passionate about is looking at at our influences. You know, and like as as you become an adult, you know, you look back and you're able to kind of see where you got certain aspects of who you are, you know, and and you realize that, you know, it's, it's kind of like when you're, when you're growing up, you just think everybody has the same knowledge as you do, you know, the same experiences you do. And then obviously now we're in like a super polarizing time when you kind of realize that not everybody has the same experiences as you, right? you know, or is playing by the same rule set, uh, so to speak. And I think that it's a, it's a beautiful thing to look back and know that the people that you were around, like the things that you just described are literally the things that people told me about you. Oh. And and that's it's just cool because without trying, you know, those things get ingrained, not because those disciplines and those parts of your character were built that way, Mm. but also you you saw that it was helped you be successful. Yeah. You know? And so what whatever you took that into, whether it was your baseball or family life or relationships like those things carry over and then we're more susceptible to, to pass those things on to people yeah. come. And I, I think that's, it just takes a lot of, of humility to be a great leader. Um, and to also realize that, you know, there's no self made men, you know? Right. Um, right. and so it's just cool to, cool to see that everything that you, you revered about, you know, the people who went before you are now the things that people are, are saying about your own styles and, and what you bring to the table. So yeah, uh, I just want you to know that's, that's a big deal.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you know, when we were wrapping before this a little bit, and you mentioned uh, with your business partner and, and some of the questions and comments and, and dialogue you had with Patty. Yeah. Patty, mm-hmm. just about the development of somebody and, 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 and what makes that person tick and then the the pillars that we all try to get behind. You know, I really do think uh, martial arts, and, and, and I say this now, I, I really think it's important nowadays and I'll get to that in a second, but nowadays, we see a lot more, you know, cyberbullying. We see a lot more just, bull, you know, that term bullying in general. Yeah. And, um, you know, all these different movements going on. And I really do think that if more kids were, had, you know, had experience in the martial arts, in that discipline, and, and it could be any martial arts. I really do believe that. It doesn't have to be Shotokan karate in it. Doesn't have to be a Washington, but I I do believe that what we do here is we teach the right way mm. and we're in it for the right reasons. But if more students and more and more kids did that, I, th- I I just think we'd have a lot less um conflict. I do. I think we'd have a lot less conflict. I think a lot more kids would grow up and they would uh, have a lot more respect for their parents. You know, you see a lot of kids, uh, they'll shoot a lot of things over text message or they'll see, you know, they'll shoot a lot of stuff over, in, you know, social media. And it's like, that we wouldn't have dreamed yeah, of doing <laughs> Yeah. I just don't think they would, you know, they, they would do that. They would kind of think first before doing that. So I think that's where the martial arts, because you really do learn the discipline. I mean, you really do. You have to sit in what we call Cesar. And if we, if, if we see students that are, you know, sitting down with their backs, they're, you know, they're, they're kind of like hunching over, you jokingly say, "Hey, are you a grandpa yet?" Like, "No, I'm not a grandpa." yet. How come you're sitting low like that? You know, so mm. you make it fun like that. But yeah. if more kids were involved, I, I really do think that um, a lot of these issues that we're seeing with social media and things would
0: might go away. Mm. So, yeah, I I listen to to Joe Rogan a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've learned a lot from him as. Yeah. Uh, most people listen for a lot of different reasons. I listen to him because I think he's one of the great interviewers uh, yeah. that we have. He asks he asks a lot of questions and just stays open minded. And yeah, obviously he's a a mixed martial arts connoisseur. Right. right. Uh, and he he says a lot of the same thing. It's like yeah. the, I saw this meme the other day. It was a Mike Tyson quote and it said this time is has normalized it where you guys feel too comfortable saying something disrespectful without getting punched in the face. Right. You know, and it's yeah, and it's just like a a common you know, respect right. that comes. And, and obviously you see it a lot in, you know, mixed martial arts. I watch some UFC. I don't, right. I don't claim to be any kind of expert, yeah. but it's just like the people who could be saying the worst things. And, and then they go in, they compete. And at the end, like there's just a hug. There's a respect that right. so I meet you at this level. We met each yeah. other on, on a level of common playing field. Right. And we were able to s- figure this thing out, mm-hmm. you know? And I love that that mixed martial arts is, they call it a discipline, but also an art, right? You know, you have creativity, but also there's a discipline, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's a play on words, but there's a discipline that is created within you through the practice of consistency and hard work and failing and getting back up. And, you know, it's, I think that's the cool thing about the belt system is that you could be the best, you know, whatever color belt, but there's always going to be somebody better, you know? (laughs) And so there's this humility that there's, like, I take pride in where I am now, but there's mm-hmm. more. Absolutely. You know, and there's that hunger that's consistently built, that even when you're a black belt, like, there's somebody with a belt that's, you know, the same experience. You might have the same color belt, but just a level of experience yeah. can vary. And and I think that's one of the greatest kind of overlooked uh, principles in leadership is, like, absolute confidence, but comes with an absolute humility. Have
1: to. You, know? you have to. I mean... <clears throat> there are there are adults who, who who are beginners, you know. But then there are fourteen year old students who are black belts. So, where you know, so the the adult has to understand in in the dojo on the floor, especially on the floor, you have to respect and listen to what that fourteen year old says. Now, the fourteen year olds here at at, at our dojo, more often than not, like ninety percent of them, a lot of them are they're very respectful and they can speak while they're articulate. So when they do speak to an adult and and make a correction or um, make a suggestion. It's it's not in a condescending way. It's a very respectful way because they understand that hey, that even though they're a, young, uh, a lower belt than I am, they're still my elder. I still have to respect them and speak to them in a you know in a respectful way. Yeah. So I completely agree with what you're saying. I mean, I think the humility piece of it. I mean, it's just built. It's ingrained because once so you have your belt system. You have your white belt, and in our belt system, it goes white yellow, orange, blue, two green belts, two purple belts, three levels of brown belt before you reach black belt. Mm. Once you reach black belt, that's really where your training, I mean, literally, that's really where your training begins. The first color belt system is just
0: understanding the basics. So there's, I mean, so would you say that like every belt up to black is basically like going through elementary, high school, and then you get to college where once you college, you have a base level of education. You can actually specialize. Is that kind of...
1: That's a great way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. Yeah, because once you get to black belt, then it's like that you begin to understand how to use your breath. You begin to understand how to use your body. There's a there's a term. It's called Zanshin. Z-A-N-S-H-I-N. Zanshin. It's where you have complete, total awareness, but your mind is clear. Mm. Your mind is clear. So... When you, when we do, have you familiar with the term kata? Mm. It's, it's where you do a sequenced set of movements in a, in a choreographed form. But what you're doing really is you're fighting people from multiple angles. So if the kata, for example, were to start off with a block to my left, the first thing I need to do is look to where I'm going because my opponent's coming from that direction and then execute the block. After I execute the block, there may be another move. Like I'm going to step forward and punch. After I step forward and punch, there might be another attack behind me. So I've got to look and then move that direction. So when we do those katas, it's important that, A, you're always thinking that I have an opponent. But then, B, you always have to have that awareness.
0: Peripheral vision.
1: Peripheral vision, Mm. exactly. So the zanshin, and then as you're doing the kata, there's mushin. So it's like no mind. Have you heard – do you remember the movie – What's it called with Tom Cruise? Uh, s- the Last Samurai. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, do you remember when la- uh, Tom Cruise was fighting somebody? He might have been fighting some of the the other samurais in the hood, and the, and, the, and, the, and then and the, the, the son, the son of the father who killed. He said, "Hey, too many mind." There's a there's a scene in that where he said, too, mm. "Too many mind," and basically to what Tom Cruise Tom Cruise was so worried about, like what this person, and then the guy goes, "One mind." And so then he kind of and he he kind like later in the film he kind of understood what that meant. It's like I have to have a singular focus. Mm. So how do I do that? Well, then getting back to the dojo and the and karate and and any martial arts. I mean, it's like judo is the same way. Aikido, control my breathing, you know. And then so I'll I'll stop right there. But you know, like kind of no, wrap think, back and no, forth. I think that's yeah.
0: I think that's great. One, I think I need to learn how to say. Right like you. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm too white. It's like I go to the fub place. And I'm like, can you just bring a fork out <laughs> at the beginning so I don't have to look crazy with these chopsticks? Love it. Like, let's just that's bring a hilarious. couple of forks out. Let's yeah. just get this out of the open. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, and I think that's that's so like those are things that you take into life, you right. know. And and I think those those get overlooked. You know, those things that that sports and these disciplines teach you. Yeah. That that you don't realize how much life application they have, you know. And sometimes, you know, when I encounter people who didn't play sports, yeah, it like these things just are innate to you, right? You know, when you go into life, and then somebody is, you know, freaking out about something really small, and you're like, dude, it's it's not that big a deal. Like, yeah. we we can make our way through it, you know. But if if people don't have if people don't have the same common experiences you know, it's, it's impossible to expect the same outlook. Right. You know? And so I think one thing that that's really been on my, on my mind during this kind of polarizing time, right. Is that my, my desire, like everybody is doing what they think is logical in their own mind. You know, they're doing what they think is best with what they have. Mm -hmm. And so we can sit here and fight about what, what we think is logical but if we don't have common experiences we're not going to come to that same common place you know yeah. so my my desire is how do we get down to the experiences that molded mm-hmm. what brought you to this place where this became logical yeah you know so cuz if i can understand what molded that mm-hmm. then we can actually talk about you know the basis of where this belief system's coming from as opposed right. to like the top surface level yeah you know and so when you're able to You know, understand that after years and years and hours of you being on that floor, practicing these disciplines, practicing getting back up, practicing taking constructive criticism and then applying it. You know, like it takes a lot of humility to listen to somebody 20 something years. Yeah. You know, but that if I would say if if growth is what is sought after, you take the shame out of failure. Hundred you know, percent. like if I'm just after growing, like, I don't care where the constructive criticism comes from. Yeah. It's like, I got eaten meat spit out of the bones. Like people are always going to have their biases. People are always yeah. going to have, they might, some, somebody might be cussing you out and somebody might be like a grandma telling you a, a, a bedtime story, like yeah. in the, in their approach. But the humility allows you to look through the, maybe the way somebody's saying it yeah. to like, is there truth, you know, and is there an application to what this person's actually saying? Right and so I think that those, those things are so, so valuable. Um, and that's why I love having these conversations because yeah. we, without even knowing we get to flush out, yeah. you know, these, these lessons that we've learned that are just obvious to us, mm-hmm. you know, but are not necessarily obvious to people who didn't have to, to go through, I shouldn't say have to, right. didn't get to experience the things that we've gotten to experience to learn what we've learned.
1: Yeah. You know, and I think for the listeners out there, um, Martial arts is one avenue that you can go down in, and um, you know, y- yoga is another way. You know, yoga is very popular. I would love for martial arts to. So, I, you know, I sit down with um, some of the board of directors and I say, you know, how how can we get out and and serve the community more? Um, we look at our demographics. Yes, our youth students are. It's 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 a big demographic for us. But then there's that millennial piece. Why why aren't they training? You know, like what is it about martial arts that either attracts or kind of shies somebody away from wanting to train at, at, in that demographic? Um, yoga is very popular and yoga is a great way to, again, control your breath, put movement and breath together. Um, but there's an element, um, in martial arts that it's cool because students can, A, they can learn to you know uh, defend themselves, which is great. Um, but I think if you practice those things and you practice the the breathing, then when situations come up where you are criticized or where you may have um, criticism come from somebody younger than you, whatever the case, maybe your boss yells at you. You know, you can take you can use those deep breathing exercises, or you can pay attention to your thoughts. Don't attach yourself to that one word that your boss may have said, but you can let it just flow through you. Yeah, you know, but that takes practice, and that takes you know that it's habits, right? It comes down to your daily habits of what can I do to get better? Yeah, basically.
0: It's funny. There's a there's a song that just got that just came out. It's kind of funny. Yeah. It says, "Try Jesus, don't try me, because I'll throw hands." <laughs> <it's> I love <laughs> it. That's hilarious. But it's yeah, it's it's just the just that that mindset of like, yeah. I ain't no killer, but don't push me. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. So going back to your story, so you got yeah. the black, black belt by twelve. Yeah. And then yeah. you got into baseball. I did. That's quite the change.
1: It is. It is yeah. Baseball. Um. I, some. I played baseball. I was pretty. I was. I was good. I. I left hand. I. I could pitch. Um. And then somebody said, you know, if you're left handed, that's a good thing in baseball. Without a doubt. I. I had no clue because I was the first person in my family to kind of do sports and stuff. I was in the oldest, but. So decided to go all in so at 14 years old I trained I earned my black belt when I was 12 and then two more years I trained and then 14 years old baseball became I mean it was like you should probably play on this team if if you make it and if that's the case then these are the demands so did you start playing at that point or that's when you kind of got serious got serious yeah I was always playing before then but I definitely got serious at that point and uh I just put karate on the back burner and so I, I I had an opportunity to play college baseball Um, When I was about to graduate, um, I wasn't going to get drafted. I wasn't a very hard-throwing lefty, but I had an opportunity to play independent baseball. Did some things to put myself in the right situation. As I was doing that, I thought, you know, I I should probably go back and train. Um, There was one aspect in my life. that Everything was going good, but it was that training. It It was being back at the dojo studying the martial arts, training.
0: Kind of clicked in. You're like, this is it, this it, is what it needs to it,
1: be. That was it, man. I was like, oh, my gosh. This is the thing that was, you know, uh, out of my life. Yeah, home. for it was home for me. So I would train, and then Sensei Dulce would say, hey, you know, can you teach at this uh, elementary school? So we had satellite locations, and we mm. still do. So this is the main homebu Dojo, and then we'd have satellite locations at, different elementary schools or different community centers. So I would go teach over there and then I would come here and teach and then I would train. And so I'd do that a couple times a week <clears throat> then I'd go play baseball, come back and do that work. Mm. That's what got me into teaching more long-term and just that, um, I loved it. I loved it. I, <laughs> teaching elementary school kids in martial arts, I it's like, it's classroom management. I mean, it's like, <laughs> Organized chaos. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you have to learn very quickly that, or else these kids will run amuck on you. And if you... And if you I mean, they don't care who you are, what your name ca- is, what degree you got. Nothing. Nothing. They don't care, man. They will try to run out the door. Talk about kicking and screaming. That's exactly it. Exactly. So you have to learn very quickly. You have to keep the classes moving fast. And you have to use your voice, the inflection in your voice to control and command the class. And uh, as you do that, you see, okay, these kids are kind of like puppets. If I can learn to manage and control them, <sighs> I think I can do, you know what I mean? I can do this a little totally. bit. Yeah, so so I started teaching. And then um, I, I would play baseball, uh, independent baseball. And I, I knew I, I wanted to play in the major league, but I saw the writing on the wall. I mean, there was a lot more better players than I was, but... Um, I continued to do it because I was like, I'm gonna see if I can do this. Well, didn't happen, so I, I, hung, <laughs> I hung him up, which I was totally cool with. You know, I was like, hey man, I gave it a ride, you know. So totally. And then I came back and started training. Um, and here's where it gets going to some kind of personal stuff. I got into some trouble, um, some alcohol related incidents, and 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 that just like flipped my world upside down. Mm. Cause I was like. I should have control over what I'm doing externally. Like I have control. Well, these situations happened and I had to kind of back up a little bit and reevaluate not just what I was doing, but internally. Mm. So that's where the breathing comes in. That's where the mindset piece comes in. That's where coming back to the dojo and saying, you know what? I have to be the best that I can be for everybody in this dojo. Physically-wise, mentally-wise, communicate, I mean, so it really had, it reset me on this, on this path of, I guess you, if you, if you want to call it greatness or just wanted to excel beyond what, you know, I was, I was, I was okay. I was pretty functional at what I was doing. I mean, I was, I was doing good in work. I was teaching here, but I wasn't like crushing it. So, um, and it was a really tough time for me during that time. You know, I was, I was, I was embarrassed. I was like, this is not me, you know, what, what's going on? And so I thought someday I'm going to, I, I want to talk about this. Cause I want to be able to tell listeners kind of like what we were talking about before that, Hey man, people, you know, people get into trouble, people go through things, but it doesn't define you. You define you. I define me. So while some folks would say, oh, this person has an issue, or this person has a problem. No, it's it's it, it's not that. I, I made the decisions to do some things that got me in trouble, but those, it, it's not who I am, and it's certainly not what I'll be doing down the road because I have, you know, the vision and the focus now is very yeah. much on point. So,
0: yeah, I think there's, um, there's a really good book that I read. It's called Don't Steal People at the Rock Bottom. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, I have... You know, it's it's pretty cool, and you get into people's stories. Everybody usually has there's a a defining moment. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, for a lot of people, it's a it's a rock bottom moment. Yeah. Uh, I call them core moments because it's like I know for me, one of mine was I was legally blind, had eye injuries, and so I found myself like in this parking lot, and I was like, "What do I like? Who am I at the core? Like, what do I really care about? What have I done that has had like eternal value? Yeah. You know, and it's like it's crazy cuz those moments in like in seconds you see your life play in front of your face like a movie. Totally. You know and you you see all the things you could have done differently. It's kind of like you know you when you play like play a game or you go through a sequence or a fight I'm sure and looking back on it you can remember every single tiny thing that you could have done differently. Yeah. You know and those things happen in these core moments where you're like what what really matters to me? Yeah, You know, and those things like, you know, I call it drawing a line in the sand. You know, like you look back there, it's like, okay, I refuse to go back over over right. this n- line. And there's a, a metaphor that I heard that I really like. It's called the snake line. And there's a level on mountains where snakes cannot live above due to the altitude. And so it's, somebody was explaining it as living above the snake line, living above that place where like the snakes can't live, Yeah, so to speak. And so I, I think there's just so much power. And unfortunately, the way like our culture set up is that like people are told to hide those. Yeah. You know, but if you, one thing that's, that podcast has set free in me is like having access to people you would never have access to. Like the mm-hmm. most, you know, famous, the most powerful, the most influential, the most, you know, transformative people on the planet. Right. You know, you get to hear that although you see this life, like you get to see that. Years that they spent on the couch and the, the marriages that were broken down because they were too focused on this over here or yeah. you know the all like the the brokenness that brought you to this place that actually set you towards you know the fulfillment of of what you're on this planet to do yeah and and I think that's it's just cool when you get to I would say you know own your losses or somebody else will and, yeah. and a book that. Uh, if you haven't read, it, I think you'd really like. Uh, it's called Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willing. Okay, um, and that and that really changed some things in me. Is just taking ownership of everything, of everything in your life, of yeah. your thoughts. Like, there's no, you know, nobody to blame. Right. You know, you, who has the control over you and your thoughts? The only person is you. It's you. And and I think that's that's a cool part of a cool part of your your story was that like sometimes we get a little too comfortable you know and yeah. and so it's the um on that on the podcast with uh that I was just listening to it had to do with the brain i think it's alex huberman i might be saying his name wrong but um it's like you're the most focused when you're doing something just slightly outside of your skill set yeah you know when you're yeah. when you're growing humble. and you're staying in that like humble place but you're like uncomfortable you have that kind of pregame jitter feel yeah. and you're just freaking locked in on whatever's in front of you you know
1: yeah you know, I was listening to um, a podcast, um, and Trevor Moab was on it. I'm a big fan of that guy. <laughs> I love the the neutral thinking, and I will come back around. I'll kind of draw some similarities with that and yeah. um, martial arts. But um, he said, "Evaluate your autopilot." You know, evaluate your That's autopilot. Good. You know, so I like that. yeah. So I I I had to go back, and I said, I was doing good at work. Things were happening. I was flowing, but my autopilot was off. Right. I was like just doing things, going home, doing things, going You know, like there was no. It was all about me. Like it, well, I, my thoughts were not about how can I serve and give back to the community. So once I made that mental transition, it wasn't it wasn't about me anymore. It was about this place. It was about my family, um, the relationships that I, that, you know, that I'm in. Um, and, you know, before that you know, made some mistakes, but hey, I'm, I'm here to tell you that you can change that. It doesn't have to be that you can, you don't have to suffer in that state. You can create, you know, a a new set of thoughts, a new set of habits, but it just takes one day at a time. Mm. So it's the aggregate of marginal gains. You know, you can, your success, your, your habits are so far ahead of your success that if you stick to your habits and stick to your routine, then I would put money down that whatever you decide to do plan out, it'll be there. Just trust the vision.
0: Mm. So, um, yeah, I think that's, yeah, it's so good that it's, it's like staying, staying preemptive, you know? And, and I think that doing, doing the proper, the proper preparation and, and staying true to, you know, the character that that's been instilled in you. Yeah. Um, and, one of the one of the phrases that I like to hold tightly to is is living a life worthy of the price that was paid for it. You know? Yes. For the the people who sacrificed yeah. for you to put you in the place that you are. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm a man of faith, so it's like I believe yeah. Jesus died for me, you know, and, yeah. and gave me gave me a chance to, to live out this life for not just like not just, like you said, not just for myself, but you know, the people around me deserve the best version yeah. of me and uh, and just waking up every day and and making those things binary, uh, right. Like making, sometimes we have decision fatigue. It's a real thing. You know, you have so many decisions that you just shut down and don't make a decision at all. Right. And so, you know, making things black and white, obviously there's nuance, situations that get a little gray, but you know, when something comes up, you're asking yourself, is this thing taking me closer to where I want to be or pushing me farther away? Right. You know, and a lot of times that will make a quick separation, you know, ah, I don't want to get up and I don't want to go train. He's like, but does that take me closer if I want to be? Yes, F it, right. I'm up. Right. Like, let's get it. You know, and and those things can simplify our life by creating, you know, bumpers, for lack of a better word, you know, down the down the alleyway that when we are starting to veer off course, you know, those things keep us, keep us in line. And so what would you say over all these years of, you know, sharpening yourself, mm. you know, what would you say are some like, those bumpers like laws that you live by in order to, you know, keep you on, on track for where you're trying to go.
1: Yeah. That's uh, a good, it's a good question. I, so I, I start my day and I end my day with affirmations. Um, at night, before I go to bed, <clears throat> I'll write down affirmations. They're, they're, I am statements. So I'll start with I am statements. Uh, I am grateful. I am healthy. I'm thankful. Those types of things. And I'll add some, some things at the end. Uh, and then I'll go into things that I want. So I'll write down, you know, I, I envision or I feel I want these things, millions of dollars, What you know, like see students succeed this way, you know. So I kind of create that vision in my head, um, and I do everything I can to feel it. So meditation is a big part of that. Uh, not so much at night, but I'll write it down at night. I'll say it, rehearse it in my head. So that's kind of what I go to sleep with. And in the morning, I'll wake up, and that's when I repeat, say it again, and then meditate on it, on those visions, that alone has been a huge, huge contributor to um, just more at peace with myself, trusting, kind of staying on course, um, and then hopefully manifesting what what my wants and my needs and my desires are. And, you know, I'm a man of faith as well, so I try to align. I try to, you know, have a conversation with my higher power, God, Jesus, um, and to try to align myself and and, and, and my thoughts with what I think – are the best for this world, not just for me, not just for my family, but I want to, I, I, I want to get out to the world, you know, and I want to expand out and, and share martial arts, even though it is a globalized and it's a very international thing. Um, I want to be able to just continue to um, teach this art and show this art. So here I, I'm going to full circle this thing real quick. So yeah. Eastern philosophy I think in the Western cultures, people who understand Eastern philosophy are going to be dr- be drawn to it. But how can I and how can we um, go out and attract more folks who are not maybe not accustomed to that Eastern philosophy, who don't want to put on a gi, who don't want to put on a belt? What's the interest in martial arts? Is it going to be just exercise? Is it going to be the mental discipline? Um, and this is where I think the neutral thinking part that Trevor, Trevor Moad talks about in his book... <laughs> Uh, it takes what it takes. And, you know, he talks, he he mentions Russell Wilson in his interviews. It's how do I get back to neutral? We did a great job at staying in neutral. Well, the mental side of martial arts is no different. That singularity is no different. Taoism, the Buddhism, kind of Zen. It's very, you know, my mind is focused. My mind is calm. I'm not thinking about the next opponent. I'm not thinking ahead. I'm not worried about that I may have just got punched. I'm still here. Yeah. I'm still here. I'm still, you know, single awareness. I know everything around me, but I'm not going ahead. I'm staying right here. Yeah. So that's where I think um, hopefully this dojo myself will be able to relate and, and, and attract more people so we can spread the words, we can spread our passion and, and continue to teach and, and talk about martial arts and, and how it can benefit, you know, younger students, younger kids men, women, and children of all ages, shapes, abilities, backgrounds, you know. And, again, it doesn't have to be martial arts. It could be baseball, but we're here. We're talking about martial exactly. arts. It, it could be yoga. It could be yeah. weightlifting. I mean, you can embody these ideas and these concepts in anything you do, um, but I think you should come to the dojo and train. You
0: know? <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> I love it. You'll love it, yeah. Yeah, and I think the, the the whole mindset, I love that book. It takes what it takes yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, 'Cause I think I, I I started doing a lot of a lot of research into like brain plasticity and, and neuroscience and parts of the brain. Cause I think, you know, obviously I'm a little bit younger than you, but I know growing up there wasn't a lot of that. There was no <gasps> mindset coaches, there was no breath like analysis, you know, but we had to kind of figure it out on our own. Totally. Um We were the guinea pigs. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. And I think that the I think part of that is why we don't necessarily have like the appreciation for it as we should is because we're like, well, we made it this far without that. So, you know, and I think that's, that's kind of like the old timer mentality too, you know, and the, you know, it's, it's kind of like, how do you, how do you pair, you know, old school like character with like new school technology and you put the two together, but that's beside the point. The, one of the things that I, I learned was like as a as a coach, you know, you grew up with like don't don't say can't, can't on your vocabulary. Right. So then so then you, you have people saying, Well, I can do this. Well then I was I was doing this research, they're saying like that's one of the worst things you can do for your mind because when you're saying I can, but I physically cannot yeah. do this yet, you know, then your brain's going into this place of cognitive dissonance where basically it's the same mental, you know, state as if somebody who's lying. So now you, you're you not trusting yourself because you're saying you can do something that you physically cannot. Right. But, you know, okay, well, what's the next step is always kind of my, my brain. It's like, yeah. how do we get down to the tool, the applicable tool that we can give people to get yeah. past that point? And so it's getting this place where you, you realize that I'm in the process of getting better at blank. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not like I can't. It's not I can, but it's like, I'm actually in the process of getting better. And so what that does is, you actually put grace back in process which is something that i uh, i think we've done a terrible job of doing yeah. i mean with i mean and it, it's just like it's just a byproduct of of social media cuz everyone yeah. wants their peak moments out and there's nothing wrong with that it's just it's desire for people to see the best in us is really what it is yeah but it becomes unhealthy when all you're seeing is peak moments right. you know so yeah. the shame gets attached when you know you you take you take time out of change, you put shame, you know, in the result. So, one thing that I was trying to encourage people is you have to put, you have to attach time with change. It takes sixty-three days to create a new habit. Yeah, you know. So, something I tell people all the time is if you're trying to create a new habit, I want you to get a calendar and write one through sixty-three. Yeah, and you can mark off these numbers day to day. Yeah. What it's going to do is it's going to remind you you're not at sixty-three yet. Yeah, You don't have to have this thing down. You just have to be an ounce or an inch yeah. with 0.01% yeah. better than yesterday. And right. so I think what you do, like something that I have the passion for that I don't necessarily vocalize a lot, is like I want to steal shame and guilt and this, you know, fear of change out of people's life. Yeah. You know, so how and how do we do that? I I'm on the path to try to figure out how do we get the tangible tools like, how can I understand them so well that I can simplify them down? Like, you don't know something unless you can instruct it to a child, as you know. Totally. Like, if you just had a Perfect basic knowledge say, yeah. of karate and you yeah. went into a room full of kids yeah. and you didn't necessarily know how to how to instruct what you're saying, you're trying to figure out what's going on in your head, why you're trying to instruct it, we both know that that becomes no longer organized Disaster. kicking and <laughs> screaming. Yes, you, yeah. it's just mayhem. <laughs> like, I'm paying for what? Yeah, exactly. So... It's like, how can we understand it so well that we can break that thing down to the most minute and simple basis, right. you know, for people to take and apply? Like, if I only have an hour with an individual, right. think, like, and I'm, I'm so blessed. I've missed it so much being in the gym with people. Yeah. If I have an hour of your undivided attention, like, through your ears so I can speak to you while you're, you're doing it, how can I leave you walking out of the door with something to apply in your life and I think that's where I found the greatest value in that is, is giving tools and people coming back and be like, I, I took that phrase and I took it to my boardroom. And now it's something that we talk about all the time. And, I mean, and there's like millionaires, people that I have no yeah. I'm not I'm not a life coach. These people are far more successful than me. yeah But people are looking for small things to apply. That's you know? great. It's like the, uh, I don't know if you heard of Jocko Willing Good. Is good video no no you should look it up I and It's will. basically like yeah. you fell flat in your face good you got yeah. fired good you didn't get the promotion good now you have more time to figure it out like and it's just this yeah. there's this this response that you've ingrained in your body that says like everything is figure outable yeah you know if I can just if I can find the right tools yeah you said
1: it yeah I mean you you really did and and and, and again I hope I don't belabor the guy's name but uh getting back to um Trevor, you know, uh, Trevor, Tre- yeah, I mean, we- <clears throat> again, same same clip, um, and he was like, you know what, if if you just eliminate negativity from your talk track, like you just you just don't say stupid shit, right? We're not going to pretend that it's it's sixty five degrees, but we're not going to pretend it's a hundred, and you know, like I understand it's sixty five degrees, but I'm not going to let that control my next move. If you do that, to your point, your mind will find a way. To get to where you want to go. As long as you just
0: eliminate the negative talk. Yeah. Well, i said negative like negative people will find a problem for every solution. Perfect. You know, and it's yeah. it's so interesting because that that book unlocked some things in my mind because yeah. I am I am an optimist to the absolute fault. Yeah. Like I could be in the worst situation, but it's all right. Yeah, we'll we'll get figure it. our way. Yeah. You know, and and so there's a lot of people who who give a lot of pushback, and I'm honestly so thankful. I'm surrounded by a lot of realists, and, yeah. that, and it, it's helpful because you need both. Sure. But I think the, something that I learned from that was that the neutral thinking, like, positive thing, it's not that you are, you're not pretending that your situation is not real. Right. You know, it's not an ignorance. Right. And a chosen ignorance, mm-hmm. like, I'm pretending to ignore that this is happening and I just live in this blissful world where all things are good. It's not that, yeah, you know, but you, you're not giving the past power over your present and future and you're not letting the fear of the future Mm -hmm. keep you from taking a step forward, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, we talked in the last podcast with, with James, uh, there's a Goggins quote says the most important step is the next one. Yeah. You know, it's just what is the next small step? Right, and and I think that's I think that's the the important factor is that you have you're taking the step that you are most educated to take, yep. and then you have a realization and this belief that you can adjust as you go. You know, totally. Don't, don't panic. Pivot is usually don't the, panic. Say.
1: Pivot. That's a great that's a great uh,
0: phrase. So I think I think there's just so like, so much value in, in your life and the story that you just told about, like, you had all together, you got back to home and all of a sudden there's a stumbling and, like, that stumbling, you stumbled closer to who you wanted to be, you yeah. know, and I think if you fall on the right side of the line. Yeah,
1: and, you know, it, and as I was going through that, uh that challenge, I, I didn't see, you know, it it, it was the worst, in my mind, it was, like, the worst thing
0: ever, you know, and so, what relationships did you have around you at that point?
1: huh So, it, I met this girl. Um, as, as far as female
0: relationship, or, or just it. in just in your life that yeah. you kind of has stumbled through that thing together with. Yeah.
1: So, um, I met this girl. Uh, she was my girlfriend at the time. We're, we're broken up now, but she was she was amazing, and and to this day we're still friends. Um, but we ended up uh, living together, and and through that, um, she was I mean big support system my family was a big support system um but they could only tell me what they could only tell me you know in in, in my head i was like this i mean <laughs> I, I was debbie downer man i mean pfft. but it was the best thing that probably ever happened to me because mm. who knows who knows what would happen um but surrounding yourself and being vulnerable being vulnerable about it as well i mean again this it's it's very easy for me just to talk about you know i'm not going into depth but it's just to talk about it but at the time i was like i don't want anybody to know about what happened and all that stuff but i am be open about it i think when you do that you give it light and it can't shed darkness back on you totally yeah so um but i, I again i think it comes back to the breath i think it comes back to creating a vision um and i think it comes back to giving you know, and and those three things. For me, it all centralized back with the dojo, with martial arts, with this place. Um, the you know the, the foundation that this place was built on was was built on on, on giving on giving back. So when black belts become instructors. They're not obligated to teach. They make millions of dollars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They make millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, we give them hundred dollars gift cards. Good If you want to be a millionaire, you yeah. just
0: come in, just <laughs> learn karate. You know, Good, exactly. at the very end, you
1: get your million dollars when you're black belt. So. Done, done. No, but they're expected to teach. Um, they're not obligated to, but they we ask them to teach, so they get that sense of, oh, now I have a little more, st- a little more at stake. Now I, I, I need to teach these students. So that means I myself need to get better. I can't just go through the motions. Not that they do, but that's kind of the idea behind once you get your black belt. It's not just I earned my black belt. Now we ask you to teach.
0: And I think a lot of times you get you get better. I know from my experience with, with sports training, you get better when you go back and teach the basics. Yeah. Oh, man. And you're like, yeah. you know, it gives you that like crisp edge back yeah. when you have like just the movements and the stances or, you know, the form you get that back and you're like, "Oh, that's that's why." They yeah. teach you that at the very beginning, you know, because exactly. it's the basis of of your knowledge, you know, and your movement. It's Couldn't so agree crucial. with you more.
1: Couldn't agree with you more. Couldn't agree with more. So I got a, I got a book for you by no, the totally. way. Dr. Joe Dispenza. Yes, you that's familiar that's with him? my guy. That's your guy. Okay, Dude, good. He's so good. freaking great. Okay,
0: when you said neuroplasticity, I was like, "That's the guy." Dude, I I yeah. eat him up. I good buddy of mine, Tyler Ackerman. He's yeah. he always sends me yeah. stuff and it's it, that stuff always blows my mind. You know, and I feel like there's there's stuff that that they release that people just like don't believe. Yeah. You know? And yeah. and it's cool because there's a, a book called Turn on Your Brain by uh Carolyn Leaf, Dr. Carolyn Leaf. Okay. And that, that was like one of the first books that really really shook me up. And it talked yeah. about, you know, how much uh how much of who you are is in your DNA and, yeah. and how you pass that on to, to generation from generation. Um but also, you know, the just how much like i think the cool thing was that they thought that the brain was just set right you know like there was no going back there was no changing and just the idea of your thoughts you know people overcoming diseases and you know and mental conditions and and there's just this renewed like hope that this like set fact yeah. you know in in the community that you were just like a goner is no longer no longer there and we're so much more adaptable right than we really ever thought you know and there's and I think that's so beautiful because there's so much hope you know and there's I talked about in a previous podcast like mm. that's, that scripture in, in the Bible it talks about like new mercies every morning yeah. you know and, and they kind of tied that in with these cells that are producing your brain for every day when you wake up you're allowed to spend it on creating new pathways. You yes. Know, you're either creating bigger gaps in, in your pathways yeah. or you're taking it away. It's kind of like in, in the podcast with Colin, he talked about the two wolves. You know, right. which, which wolf? Feeding. You know, exactly. Yeah. Starve the other one out and you feed the other one. Yep. And so same thing when you're creating pathways. Like you are, you're given fresh cells when you sleep every night to spend however you would like in the morning. So there is you so much power in that. that. That is a beautiful thing, man. Yes. I mean, if if, if,
1: if if folks are you know folks are gonna be listening, take that right there. Like you have new brainwaves coming. If it took fifty some minutes to get to that point, if you, you have new brainwaves every morning, that's
0: a beautiful thing. Yes, you can well, do what you it, want, and it puts the physical behind like this idea of like new mercies every morning like i don't know what to talk about my morning sucks my life sucks you know but that physical like literally someone's giving you the ability yeah. every morning yeah to create a better life mm-hmm. you know and create a better mind and and create right. a better you know outlook on on life and uh this um huberman uh, was just talking about how you know your thoughts become so ingrained you know and so when you when you hear something that is of the same belief that you have, there is a dopamine release right. that ingrains it even more in your body. And so you become more justified in it. And I think this is why it's really important to have people around you that have different, have different views because the more you just cherry pick information and that, that's the dangerous thing with social media is the mm. more you click on, the more you're going to get of that same thing. Yeah. So if you're enraged by something, right they're going to keep feeding you enraging information. And yeah. so you're, you know, your deficit becomes greater and greater because you get more and more ingrained and in digging your heels in into a certain idea into to the point where you're unwilling to have a conversation that varies from your belief. Right. You know, and I think that's something that I, I have such a deep appreciation for sports yeah, that it put me around all types of people, all like belief systems, I wouldn't say political affiliations because there's when you're a kid and you're playing. Hey, nobody's yeah. talking about politics <laughs> when you're in the bottom of the ninth. Jimmy with, Carter just got with <laughs> two outs, you know. Yeah. You're, you're spitting sunflower seeds and call right. each other by their nickname when you're right. banging on the fence, yeah, you know. And so it's you just get to learn so much about about people yeah. and and there's a Brene Brown quote that I've said so many times. It's people are hard to hate close up. Like when you sit down and you look someone in their eyes and you get to hear their story, like you have there's this part of your body that's that's built for empathy. Mm. You know, and and that's a muscle, it's a discipline yeah. to to hold your tongue. It's like there's a Drake Drake quote. I know it's a very wise man, but he said a wise man <laughs> <JXG>. <laughs> A wise man once said nothing at all. You know, and sometimes you just gotta like shut your mouth and listen. Yeah, you know, and just and just absorb what somebody else, like putting yourself in somebody's shoes, as opposed to like that person on the mic the whole time they're talking, you're just like, I can't wait to say something in response to this. I'm not even listening to it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like yeah. you can tell they're just uh, uh, just, just waiting to, right. to kick something in and rebuttal. Right. And we don't always have to have a rebuttal. No, you know, that's listen. the beautiful thing about music. Yeah. You know, you can't say something back to them like, I don't like when you I don't like you selling drugs. That wasn't like, the right lyric. I, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just like this release, you know, that. The we judge, you know, ourself by our motivation, but we judge others by actions. Yeah, yeah, you know, and so and we always choose to see the best in ourselves because we're justified, you know. Right. But we we're choosing to look at someone's actions from a window based on our own perception. Yeah, and the more we can learn someone else's motivations uh, based on their experiences, I think the the better off we'll be, the better instructors will be, the better yeah. spouses will be and the better friends we get to become totally, you know? And it's like the people who may, may not know you look at your situation, you know, that you went through yeah, and you're like this, this guy, Oh my God. I, yeah. I'd my kids, you know, yeah. instructor. I don't even know I can go back to that dojo. Yeah. But the people that know you're like, Hey, yeah. Hey, we got this, you yeah. know, this is just a little bump in the road. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you learned the lesson. Let, let's get back let's at go. it. Yeah. Dust these pants off. Throw are double bubble in your mouth and let's get it. Let's go. That's exactly it. That's and exactly so I think it. that's, that's just the, you know, importance of, of having good relationships. I'm going to take you in a couple questions here. They're yeah. like rapid fire. Sure. The first one is if, if you really knew me, you would know that what,
1: you really knew me you would know that oh my gosh if you really knew me you would know that <clears throat> i'm a lover not a fighter <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't, don't get it twisted though you catch these hands <laughs> yeah. i love it uh, failure is what failure is the next opportunity
1: to um, get it right mm. another opportunity to get it right success yeah. is what Success is a first thing that comes to my head is a blip of the road. I mean, you know, it's it it's there, but then there's always another level. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's yeah,
0: it's a, it's a notch in the bedpost. It's, it, it's a notch in the bedpost, <laughs> but yeah, don't don't dwell on it because you get to that next level. So the next one is why can't people just be blank, more relaxed, <laughs> <laughs> more, more calm. I love that that you're you teach fighting, but you're a lover, and people just need to chill out.
1: Really, they do. They need to relax. <laughs> I love it's, it. It's not that bad.
0: <laughs> what is your woulda, shoulda, coulda of the week?
1: Ooh, my woulda, shoulda, coulda of the week. Let's see. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We're at Thursday. All these days blend together These <laughs> at, at, during this time. Uh, my woulda, shoulda, coulda. Um,
0: gosh. Let you come back to that, I mean, you could just be perfect. You just say, "There's no way I should have killed. I've done everything. <laughs> yeah. I wake up, I go through my practices, yeah. I show up, I do my thing. Piss excellence, no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No. Make my millions. Yeah. Uh, what is your currency? So whether that's your energy, whether that's your attention, your discipline, the thing that you give to people, it doesn't have to be money. The thing that you yeah. give to people that that are in front
1: of you, it's energy and attention for sure. It's it's it's, it's eye contact. It's uh, as I look away, as I think about this, you know, it, but, but, but really it <laughs> is. eye contact next yeah. to the floor. And I'm like looking over this way. <laughs> no, nah, but it, it is. It, I want to be present with everything. I mean, you know, I want to be able to know that my, you know, I put my phone here, I put my phone down here and like, it's, it's a hundred percent attention
0: to somebody. I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's everybody that I know that knows you said the same thing. So. Oh. I guess you, you passed that test. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh wh- who has the best mindset that you know?
1: Oh, the best mindset. Golly. It, I don't know if it's one person. There's a group of individuals. Um I'm gonna say so my fan my mom. So my mom yeah, real quick, my so my mom went through cancer when I was in high school and, and immediately, immediately she said, I need to do this. And this was probably where I saw firsthand what the power of faith can do for you and what the power of positive language can do for you and the power of bringing people around. So her innately, I mean, she's a spiritual woman, but in my mind, prior to her having cancer, yes, we went to church, but it wasn't, uh, we would just, we would just, we we would go to church, but she developed this quote unquote healing board that would come over to the house and they'd pray together to, Mm. And as she was doing that, she would ask everybody to visualize these, oh, your your buddy's gonna like this many hunies, which are little like leprechaun Hawaiian like figures, huh? many So she visualized these little people like just chipping away at the cancer. And uh so she would go back to the doctor and they would take do the scan or do the radiation and literally it was shrinking, which is probably what happened. But I think in her mind, like the visualization of that, you, chipping yeah, away her body. Her yeah. body just did it for her. Her body just did it for her, but then also just you know it's
0: that uh, Wim Hof.
1: There it is, man. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, I, I, if it was one person, it would probably be her, mm. and and that just, you know, she. I think growing up in Hawaii, having that uh, kind of that spiritual background, um,
0: just brought it out when she had that experience. Mm. Yeah. All right. The next question is: the quality of your life is in direct correlation with what? Ooh, what what my, determines your quality of life?
1: Uh, my relationship with with God. I would say, I mean, and I say that sincerely because when I center myself, I I, I do, I, I center myself in God and I also center myself in martial arts and I feel like they're synonymous Mm. only because there's a singularity in martial arts, in the Eastern philosophy, Buddhism, um, Taoism, but it's the same kind of thing as Christianity. I mean, it's all faith. It's all, you know, being present, um, respecting others, um, so, yeah, I, th- I think my,
0: my relationship with God. Mm. No, I like that. What do you want to be the best in the world at?
1: Oh, man. Jeez. Uh, One day, if it if I do, you know, if I do get married, hopefully, um, have kids, I, I, I would love to be just a cool-ass dad. Just a cool, <laughs> you know? like I don't I, think there's any way you could not be <laughs> a dad. I would be, you know? Um, that would be cool. My my pops is cool. Sensei say he never had any kids. Uh, we were all his, his kids, and, and he's the man. So um, I've had some pretty good quote-unquote father figures or male figures who have shown me, like, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be compassionate. It's not all about being hard and, 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 and being an asshole, you know. Like, you can be a nice guy and still come out on top. And you don't have Those to. Those are
0: the scary ones. Hey, there you Going go. <laughs> to smiling and just freaking yeah. taking names. It's so disrespectful. Those are the worst ones too. Yeah. In, in any sport, the, the smiley ones are just locking you up. Exactly. You know, yeah. That's, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> their dad's all angry in the crowd too. Totally. Uh what would you say is the f- if you had to give somebody a first step towards overcoming a limit in their life?
1: First step over of overcoming a limit in their life. <clears throat> Um, geez, I would say meditate, meditate, or write down your affirmations, even if it's something that you think is so far out there, write it down, like shoot for the stinking stars, you know, Mm. and then
0: meditate on that. No, I like that. And what is the greatest tool you could give someone to master their mindset?
1: Master their mindset. I think it's breathing. I do. I think, you know, um, if we're not breathing, we're dead.
0: You know, so it's like, you <laughs> Facts. know. Facts. Facts. You know, exactly. Drop bombs. <laughs> yeah, here
1: you go. Hey, newsflash. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Woo! Groundbreaking knowledge right here. Yeah. Give it to him, Sean. Yeah.
1: But learn how to control your breath. Learn how to pay attention to your breath. When you do that, I think you begin to learn how to pay attention to your thoughts. Don't fixate on your thoughts. I visualize this. There's two guards. Or there's could be a single eye that is literally just watching thoughts go through my head. So, yes, I see a thought go through my head and sometimes I'll fixate on it. Most of the time, I let it just flow through, continue to flow through. If we can do that, then that keeps us present. Um, but it, it it just takes practice. So, you know, like things like brushing your teeth, if you're left-handed, brush your teeth with your right hand or try to eat with your right hand, things like that. I mean, that helps you kind of Kind of like what you're saying, In kind present. Of, yeah. Kind of yeah. staying outside that that norm. If if, if your comfort zone is here, but you're practicing things a little bit out there, it helps you kind of stay that present moment. Yeah, yeah.
0: Cool. Uh, let's wrap this thing up.
1: Yeah. Where
0: where can they find you? Oh, Besides yeah. Here at the dojo. Yeah. They come yeah. catch this work, catch these
1: hands. That's <laughs> yeah. That's the. I, this is where I am. I, 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 I'm home where I'm here. (laughs) Um, but you can, so our, our website is Washington Shotokan Association. Sorry, Washington Shotokan.com. Washington Shotokan.com. Uh, we have Facebook, Washington Shotokan Association, Instagram, W A, all lowercase underscore Shotokan. So W A for Washington underscore Shotokan. And, um, that's where you can find information on us and then you know I have personal um, uh, social media pages but I would say go to those go to those first I mean I'm there there's other instructors we have I'm just one of many instructors many cr- great instructors um but that's where you can find information about about us mm. yeah.
0: Great. Well, you guys know we can find us at Off The Lease Lifestyle on Instagram. You can find me, JR underscore AM underscore I, I. Don't forget, we got 25% off our classics line at the moment, primeapparel.com. And as always, friends, stay off the leash. Woo! You know what it is.